Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast in collaboration with the Conservative Yeshiva in Jerusalem. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about the Conservative Yeshiva, please visit conservativeyeshiva.org. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Hi, this is Rabbi Morty Schwartz, and this is Daily Daf Differently again. Welcome. Uh, today it's my privilege to take you through Nazir 10a. Uh, and once again, we have a situation where uh, we have a nice chunk of Gemara that interprets a specific Mishnah. So we have here Mishnah Nazir 2 2. That is the second Mishnah in the second chapter of Nazir. And I, again, what I'm going to do today is talk a little conceptually about the Mishnah, take us through the Mishnah, and then talk sort of about what the how the Gemara treats the Mishnah without uh, reading all the way through it. I'm going to read three statements uh, about, from the Gemara and try and explain how the Gemara deals with this Mishnah. So let's talk about the Mishnah first. This is a Mishnah which takes up the idea of frustration, uh, that a person will sometimes make the Nazir vow unwantedly or in a moment of frustration, which we've seen before. And in this particular case, they're going to make their vow dependent upon the behavior of either an animal or the result of a struggle with uh, an inanimate object, in this case, a locked door. So uh, we have here in the Mishnah two cases, one in which uh, a cow has decided to sit down and uh, refuses to get up again, and the uh, individual who's dealing with the cow, presumably the owner of the cow, is uh, incredibly frustrated and talks about the Nazir vow in reference to the cow. Uh, And a second case in which there's a door which is locked, closed, and refuses to open, presumably even with the use of the key. And uh, the individual who is uh, unlocking the door, presumably the householder or whoever's in charge of the building uh, who's trying to open the door, uses the Nazir vow to express their frustration. Uh, And the question is, well, what's their... What's their status if they, if they do such a thing? Uh, there are two additional layers of complexity in the Mishnah. The first is that the, uh, the vow that they make is actually uh, a bit confusing to understand because uh, the individual apparently, from the way the Mishnah is phrased, imagines the cow or the door becoming the Nazir, or at least phrases it that way, rather than the individual themselves. That's our initial reading of the Mishnah. We're going to see that the Gemara really has to struggle to deal with this and actually does some Midrashic reading to make the object of the Nazir vow the individual rather than the cow or the door. But in any case, the mission is phrased in this odd way that makes it seem like the target of the vow is actually the cow or the door. And of course, this is a very odd idea of a Nazir cow or a Nazir door, and so uh, we have to deal with that layer of complexity. And then there's an additional layer of complexity, uh, which is that the same dispute we saw in the previous Mishnah 
this idea that we're not really dealing with a Nazir vow here, but maybe we're just dealing with the language of, uh, of Nazir, and really we're talking about vows in general, uh, is something that pops its head back up again. And once again, uh, Rebbe Yehuda uh, stops, uh, stops in uh, at the end of the Mishnah to present his reservation about what actually is going on here. Uh, in terms of the language. So let's uh, take a look at that Mishnah now. Uh, so this is Mishnah Nazir 2.2. Amar, if a person says, Amra parazo, this cow has said, Harenin zira, behold, I shall be a Nazir im omeditani, if I stand. And, and again, the, the language seems to be coming out of the, the, the cow's mouth, or rather, the individual who's frustrated with the cow because it has not stood up seems to be making their statement so that they are quoting the cow, which obviously cannot really speak. But it seems as though uh, what they are saying is something along <clears throat> these lines. This cow refuses to get up to such a degree it's sworn off standing up. Something along those lines. But since it uses the word nazir, we're going to focus on that word nazir. Uh, Omer im uh, Another statement, the person says, uh, Behold, this door has said, or is saying, I shall become a Nazir if I open. So, in other words, it's the same idea. This person is expressing enormous frustration, and they put words into the mouth of the door. I guess you would say metaphorically. The door seems to be saying to me, I've totally sworn off getting up, uh, or excuse me, opening up, and uh, if I do in fact open, I'm going to be a Nazir. So this is, again, the, uh, the vow of Nizirut, seemingly put in the mouth of a cow which cannot speak and a door which does not have a will. Uh, now we have here a dispute, just as we did in the last Mishnah. Beit Shammai Omrim Nazir. In such a case, Beit Shammai says, the individual who made that statement in frustration is in fact a Nazir. Uveit Hillel Omrim Eino Nazir. And Beit Hillel says, no, this person is not a Nazir. Uh, now we're going to see that the Gemara questions whether Beit Hillel is saying, okay, fine, but now they've, they're not a Nazir, but now they've sworn off uh, eating meat from this cow when it's slaughtered, or from using this door uh, when it opens, or from using the boards of the door, perhaps more appropriately in some other construction project. Uh, so that's the idea. Uh, we then get, as I said, this additional layer of complexity. Amar Rebbe Yehuda, Rebbe Yehuda says, Afkesha Amru Beit Shammai, Lo Omrim Omer Hare Parazo Alai Korban Imumediti. Rebbe Yehuda says, no, 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 this dispute is not about between Beit Hillel and Beit Shammai is not about whether uh, the individual involved becomes a Nazir. That's not really the issue. The language of Nazir here is really just the language of a vow. Uh, Beit Shammai says that the vow is effective. There's a sacrificial vow that's being made here. He's saying, I'm giving up this, this cow or this door as a sacrifice uh, because I am um, so frustrated 
I'm just done with them. Something along those lines. And uh, Beit Hillel seems to be saying, no, 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 it's not even an effective vow. It's just a statement just made in, in foolhardy frustration, and we don't, we don't pay any attention to it. So now when we go into the Gemara here, uh, what we have initially is an attempt to deal with the oddness of the, of the statement that's presented in the Mishnah, this idea that a cow... Uh, by, uh, the, 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 the statement, I rather, is phrased as if the cow is making a vow of Nizirut, or that the door is making a, a, a vow of Nizirut. So we have the statement of Rami Barhama, and he says the following thing. What is our case really dealing with here? It's a, a case in which, for example, a cow is laying down on the ground in front of him. And this cow has it in its mind that it's not going to stand, right? So the individual thinks, okay, there's no way I'm getting this cow up. It, the cow has made up its mind. It's laying there all day long. And so the individual then says, Behold, I shall be a Nazir if it stands up on its own. Meaning, if I don't force it to stand up, but it eventually gets up on its own. Uh, and in fact, what happens after a period of time is the cow actually gets up. And then the remainder of our understanding of this Mishnah would be exactly like our understanding in the previous Mishnah. right? That in fact... Uh, Beit, Beit Shammai understands this as a vow of nizirut, right? Uh, a vow that this individual is going to be a nazir from wine and from cutting hair and from coming into contact with the dead, whereas Beit Hillel simply understands this as a vow since the individual has said, I'm going to refrain from eating the meat that uh, uh, comes out of this animal um, if, in fact, it stands up. I am, I am, that it's just a, the, the language of a vow. There's no nizi root here, it's just a simple vow. So, uh, the piece here that's so interesting, why is this midrashic? Because the way that Rami Barhama seems to understand the Mishnah is that when we say, Hareini, behold, I will be a Nazir, that in the Mishnah we're not actually talking about the cow. The individual has no longer, no longer is referring to the cow. They are referring to themselves. So remember what the statement was. Going back up to the Mishnah. Amar. If the individual says, Amra Parazo, this cow has said, this cow has it in its mind. Hareini Nazira, behold, I am a Nazir. Im omedit ani, if I stand. Now we have to understand a switch in subjects here, according to Rami Barhama. The statement Hareini Nazira means the individual, the human being, the cow has said, if I stand up, that guy is going to be a Nazir. That person who's trying to get me up, he'll be a Nazir if I stand up. And this is simply the, the individual, since the cow can't speak, this is simply the individual saying something like, Amen, to that statement. Something like, I agree, I will in fact be a Nazir, if in fact I stand up. Now how in the world is he getting this idea? The idea is that the guy is so frustrated, so at the end of his rope, that what he does is he says, this cow is going to make me a Nazir. 
something along those lines. Now, how does the grammar of it work? People do talk like this when they're, when they're frustrated, right? Look at what you're doing. To me, you think that I'm this way, something along this, these lines, and then switch the subject in the middle of the statements. If, if I stand up, meaning I'm putting those words in your mouth. Uh, and um, then the same thing, I guess, would be more or less true if we're talking about the door. Uh, how do we deal with the fact that we have a masculine and feminine switch here? That's also a question because, of course, the cow says nizira in the Mishnah, not nazir in the Mishnah. And uh, the way that Rashi describes this is that we, just not to get too much in the, in, in the weeds of Hebrew grammar here, but the idea is that it's some kind of a pronominal suffix, that this is, I, I will be a nazir, from it, nizirah, something along those lines, what's called a mapike, where the object is actually attached to the noun, and that's actually how it's going to be read. This is in accordance with the way the Rashi understands it, it's in accordance with the way that the Tosafot explains Rashi, uh, and I think that's probably correct. It's a little bit of a Midrashic technique, which is very nice, which is very nicely done. Uh, so going down to uh, 9a, Line 28, we see that Rava disputes this explanation. Rava says, hey, wait a second, the, the language here doesn't really work out. I don't think this is a case of Nazir. This is simply a case of a person saying, oh, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a korban, right? I'm making this cow. I'm identifying this cow as a sacrifice is what I'm actually doing. And so uh, that's how we're going to understand uh, the Beit Hillel position of the dispute. The problem is that idea that I'm making the cow some kind of a sacrifice. Well, that worked with the first part of the mission. We're talking about the cow, but of course you can't make a door a sacrifice. So therefore it doesn't really work. Rava alters his statement and he says the following thing, right? Amar Rava para This is a case in which the cow is standing before him, laying down, I should say rather, and he says, behold, I will be a nazir from wine if it stands. And it stands up on its own. Since it stands up on its own, uh, we then have a dispute between uh, Beit Hillel and Beit Shammai. Did this person make this nazir vow uh, in, in order to get it to stand up? or in order that he should be able to get it to stand up. Beit Shammai seems to think it's really about him and his activity getting this cow to actually stand up, and therefore if it stands up on his own, he's a Nazir, whereas Beit Hillel says, no, he's not a Nazir, he just said he wants the cow to stand up, and that's it. It's a very clever way of actually reading the Mishnah because it actually turns the whole Mishnah into a discussion about Nazir and what the limitations or the boundaries of this particular person's frustration actually is. Is it that he is concerned about his own action? I have to get the cow to stand up. Or is it that he just wants the cow to stand up? And the focus is about that particular action. Again, these are all readings of the individual's frustration and how they use the vow when they're in such a frustrated state of mind. And finally, the Gemara brings us one-third in iteration, the one that it seems to finally accept, uh, which is sort of a harmonization of both Rava's position and Rami Barhamas. It says, Right? If uh, he says, I behold, I will be a Nazir if it does not stand up, and then it stands up on its own. 
uh, and this goes back to the uh, to the uh, to the original idea of mibsara, right? From its flesh, I am going to be a nazir from its flesh. If it uh, if it doesn't stand up uh, on its own, and uh, the idea here seems to be that uh, we're going back, reverting to the original dispute between Beit Hillel and Beit Shammai, while simultaneously adding in Rava's idea about whether it's his action or the action of the cow, which is actually the significant factor. So I think this is actually conceptually very interesting because what's going on here is we have an insight into the psychology behind how a person would go or why a person would make a Nazir vow. They're just like at the end of their rope, right? Uh, sitting there, uh, as they say in the South, losing their religion and uh, out of frustration. And so they make this vow, this precipitous vow, and they use the language of Nazir because it seems like the most extreme thing possible. Now, whether they're talking about a Nazir from wine or a Nazir from the, the flesh of the, the meat of the cow or from the, uh, the, the wood of the boards seems ultimately, in my mind, to be uh, like a secondary issue. And of course, uh, they're going to have to analyze that because that's an important and significant thing. But really, the thing Thing, I think to take away here is this idea of, of just extreme frustration and the extent to which we hold people accountable for making vows, for making statements, extreme statements, things they say they're going to do in that moment of anger and frustration. And uh, I, I, I guess our, our project for tonight is to think about those moments in our lives and think about the ways that our statements in those moments have validity and the extent to which those statements just need to go by the boards. And that's it. That's the way, that's the way that we're going to deal with them. Okay, so I will uh, talk to you all tomorrow again with another Daily Daf Differently. And uh, I wish you uh, a good learning. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the open and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epichorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.